0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omer Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Uh, This is going to be part two of the interview with Maria Dykstra, uh, who is an entrepreneur, startup mentor, and digital marketing strategist. After a 14 year career at Microsoft, she founded her own company, Trade Digital, and in three years grew it from a two person consulting firm to a digital agency with offices in three countries. She also runs the Seattle chapter of the Founder Institute, the world's largest startup accelerator program. And she's also on the board of Women in Wireless, a nonprofit that empowers and develops female leaders in mobile and digital media. Now, in part one of this interview, we talked about how you can use Twitter to get new customers and clients and how you can use it not just to find those customers, but also to listen and understand what problems your customers have and what are the things that they're talking about. In this episode, we're going to continue that conversation and we're going to talk about how you can build deeper insights about the problems that your customers have and and the tools that are available for you today to start using. How to do the research the right way and prioritize your content marketing efforts. We're also going to talk about how becoming an authority in your industry might not be as hard as you think it is. And we're also going to look at Kindle publishing. Uh, and how that can be a potentially powerful way to get new customers and clients, even if you don't see yourself as a writer. And we're also going to look at how to build an email list and the missing step that many people miss between the email marketing part and closing the sale. Are you looking to sell your online business or buy one to start your entrepreneurial journey? Discover exciting opportunities with Bupost.com. to sasclub.io slash newsletter and join over 4,000 other SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already using these insights to grow their businesses. Subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today and get the support you need to keep moving forward on your SaaS journey. So I hope you enjoy this interview. And uh, with that, let's bring on Maria. Okay, so l- lots of really valuable uh, advice there on on Twitter, but at some point we want to we want to get them back to our site. So um, how do you go about doing that?
1: Well, the content strategy is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself. We talked a little bit about using Twitter for listening and understanding what customers are talking about and what their problems are. But as part of the overall content strategy, there are other places where people can go and understand what the problem is. So I particularly like researching subreddit for a specific topic because the subreddit on reddit will tell you exactly what the people are talking about and then potentially if you're written about the project or a topic you can share it in your comments and share it with people who are talking about that so it's sharing it on other places outside of twitter uh quora it's I think it's a fantastic place for people to be able to establish leadership because if you establish yourself and position yourself as a leader in the industry, then people will know your name and it will know to come to your blog sites. And it's also Quora helps you to figure out what types of topics, again, people are talking about and then gathering that information, recording it into the overall spreadsheet and happening understanding what's happening. Um, I also use BuzzSumo quite a bit, and I don't know if you're familiar with that product. It allows you to search for specific keyword, specific topic to understand what people are talking about. And again, it can give you a couple of really interesting um, ideas on the blog post to write because it will BuzzSumo will show you the social activity for each of the blogs. And what we have found is that if people are sharing um, specific type of information and you write about something similar. And or, um, it's another technique that we have used in the past, is that writing a summary blog that would include all of the top-performing blogs of people who mentioned that topic in the past and they scored really well in Google or other tools such as BuzzSumo, that can give a huge boost to the content that you have. I know a lot of recommendation we have done in the past is that if you've written a blog post, you included at least five different uh, links to other people writing about this topic. And then sending them a quick email saying, hey, Omar, I just wrote a blog post and I quoted um, something you wrote in the past. Check it out. What would Omer do? You would be very likely to share my blog post on your social media and share it with your influencers because I just res- because I just shared something about you. And so that tactic works a lot, especially with some of the um, influencers in the industry and people who score really well. And they might even link back to you. Because getting people to link to your content will send signals to Google that you're writing really good content. And if Google likes you, then it will show more and more um, of your content in the search results. So basically, the bottom line of your game is that you're trying to understand what people are talking about. You're trying to talk about that yourself, as well as giving credit to others who are really good at listening to their customers and talking about that product or that specific field, and then trying to get the people to link to you.
0: Okay. Now, um, the the tools you mentioned, like using Buzzsumo uh, or Quora, to, they can be great sources of figuring out what type of content you should be creating, as well as all the things we talked about, um, how you can use Twitter to do that. Um, you mentioned a spreadsheet for right. tracking all of this information. And I think that's one thing that, um, you know, I, I start to think about it. and I've been through this myself as well as, you know, you have an idea. It's like, Hey, let me go and look on Quora and collect some ideas. And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, I've now got a list of 200 ideas. I've got no idea where I'm going to start on this thing. And, so, so how, how, how do we make sense of all this information that we've collected?
1: That's great. So for us, for uh, what we do and what we advise others to do is really think about uh, the purpose of anything and everything you do. So if you're tweeting, you're tweeting to get people to your blog. If you're blogging, you're blogging to publish a book. Because that it's a natural progression. Everything you do, you should be thinking about how does it complement your overall goal of having an Uber strategy, Uber communication. So what we typically do with set a project We're saying, we will be writing a blog. Um, or we'll be writing a book on a specific topic. And there's several categories that would go into that book at the end of a period that you've set for yourself. Typically, I think you can accomplish writing a book and a, in about three months, it, it, you don't really have to push yourself. So we set the umbrella of saying that there's five topics that will go into that book, are overall topics. And then Quora and Subreddit and BuzzSumo will help you explore specifics of what do you need to put into each of those categories. That way you, you stay structured rather than 200 ideas that you're randomly writing about.
0: I love that. I I've got to say it's just such a simple idea, but I love that, right? Because instead of like this bottoms up approach which is let me just gather every possible question that somebody is asking and make sense of that, it's much more top down and strategic in in terms of let me try to break this subject down into five categories or topics and then use these sources to help inform that. I love that. That that on its own. Okay, we're done. We can stop recording. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going.
1: And that, that's if you do that consistently, and again, you turn your book into a lead generation for you because you put the links to the blogs that you've written to your book that you've published, whether it's an ebook, whether it's an Amazon book, whether it's a hard copy. And really that book becomes the moment you publish something on Amazon, you become a published author. And it's interesting how that changes the perspective of people thinking about you as a thought leader in the industry It could be the simplest book of 40 pages, as long as Amazon accepted it, you're a published author. And that becomes a foundation for your speaking engagements. It's For us, I I, we published a book in two weeks and we got into Amazon. It's amazing how many people call us to speak just because we have a book published. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs underestimate, first, they overcomplicate the amount of time it would take to write the book. And then they underestimate the impact the book can have on their um, visibility in the market. And using that book, because then you can tweet the content out from that book, linking to the book or linking to specific blogs and inviting people to write about it. So it becomes the machine of generating visibility for you.
0: And so, so you're saying that anybody who can write good quality blog posts can also publish an ebook for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I would, now, I would advise that you edit with a professional editor, because no matter how well we all write or how poorly we write, having edited content before it goes to the book it's important. Because that's your uh, marketing brochure, if you will. To me, the book is not about generating revenue; it's about creating the marketing um, pivot in your in your strategy. And so having it well edited is very important. But yes, anyone can do that.
0: How how do you promote the book once it's on Amazon?
1: Well the promotion of the book is just like a promotion of any other product. So you think about what is the pre-launch strategy. So what we do, we typically include a lot of materials and a lot of references to a lot of other people in the field. And so as you're writing the book, you can You can include uh, people in your conversation and they become a part of your launch champions, if you will. Um, Another thing we have done in the past is that as we're answering the questions um, and as we're getting closer to the book, I have published um, a social media post and a variety of different groups that we participate in to say, We're finalizing the book on topic A. What questions, what other questions do you want us to include? And it's amazing how many people say, these are my questions and when your book is ready, please let me know. Mm. And then they become, again, they become the champions of your book when it's launched and they're ready to promote. The moment you publish the book, you let them know it's out. And then uh, what we have done is we set the promotional time. So you have a promotional window on Amazon for about 24 to 48 hours or whatever you decide that time period will be when the book is available for free. And then you invite everybody to download that book. Anyone who's your contact, anyone who's your social media champion, who is your partner, who is your potential um, email contact, you send that blast. And so people start to download free content and free book. But what it really does is that gives signal to Amazon that your book becomes a bestseller. And once the promotional period is over, then Amazon still treats that as a bestseller and continues to show it in their engine to the other readers. In fact, we have done that for our book and we ended up being um, number one in the small business marketing category for a couple of days after a promotional business, a promotional uh, strategy was over. Interesting. It's a a, a giving that signal to Amazon that your content is really good and people are coming to download it. And then we had, um, couple of thousand of books downloaded within 24 hours after that period of people that we never knew. And Amazon just did the promotion on your behalf.
0: And then what, what, what are, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but tell me more, what, what are you doing within the book to, uh, I, I guess, drive traffic back to your site or, or generate leads?
1: So for us, every chapter of the book was very tactical and it closed with an exercise and it closed with either a link to our specific blog or additional information that lives in our site for download. So for example, our first exercise is to create social media influencer list and then we give a link to the template on our site that talks about this is how you do it with more details. And so every chapter we had had a tactical exercise and the link to more materials and to potential downloads from our site. And then at the end of the book, we have um, we have created a whole area where we have social media gifts. So there are a couple of templates that we have put together on our site that anyone who's a reader of the book has a link to come to and download that. So that, that page is not actively visible in our site. You can only get there if you have a copy of our book. And so I can see how many downloads we have daily downloads from that particular part. And at this point of we're not really actively promoting our book. It just exists on Amazon and people are downloading it.
0: Okay. Um, And, and presumably, um, okay. So, so that's one Avenue. We kind of, you know, we, we kind of got into that by talking about the blogging in the first place, but, what when it comes to driving people back to your blog what is the goal is the goal there now to capture an email address
1: yes email address is still one of the most powerful ways of uh, communicating with your leads I am a big fan of creating marketing automation and then, and the tools um, there's there's infusionsoft which is a more complicated marketing automation system and it's fairly um expensive there's also constant contact we have used mailchimp fairly effectively what mailchimp does it creates the um sequence of of marketing emails that go out to people after they perform certain actions so for example if somebody downloaded content from our site in the next uh, 24 hours we'll send them an email saying we we appreciate the fact that you downloaded our book And we wanted to see if you had any questions and depending on what the person does with that email, we'll send a follow-up email in 48 hours after that. That could be, if people didn't respond, we'll send them additional information on a blog post that could be very uh, interesting for them. And it's the next step for them to learn about what they were just reading about. If they have responded, there's a different action that was sent to them. So it's creating that communication loop with them constantly. Um, that works really well. So what we do would typically after the first action the person did in our site, we have five emails. They're sequentially going out to them with different types of messages. None of them are really selling. It's more of building relationship and building connection with the person that we didn't meet before and establishing that rapport. And then they go into our regular newsletter cycle that we send out um, every other week. And that newsletter is all about delivering value, sharing the latest um, content that we have created on the website, creating, um, we do a lot of checklists. So we generate everything we do. We turn into a checklist that can become a downloadable material for people. So that these are the lead magnets because people really love to download something that's simple and easy and it's checklist size. And that we will share that with them as part of our email marketing campaign.
0: So how do, you, how do you get them onto the email list in the first place? So they've arrived, they've arrived at the blog um, either through the ebook or they've come through, you know they, they, they saw the blog post on Twitter. Um, how do you get them onto the list?
1: I'm a strong believer that every blog post should have a downloadable call to action. So we have, uh, we've seen a lot of people doing Kickstarter campaigns lately, and I've worked in a number of Kickstarter campaigns, and we understand how difficult it is to execute a successful Kickstarter campaign. So we have created an action plan for our companies we worked with that says, step by step, this is how you execute a Kickstarter campaign. We turned that into a downloadable Kickstarter checklist. So I have several blogs about Kickstarter, and every blog has that downloadable checklist. And so that's an opportunity for anyone who's reading a blog on Kickstarter. If they click on the download the Kickstarter checklist, they become part of our email newsletter.
0: Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses with their exclusive listings as well as listings from other marketplaces and the option to submit your own deal for approval. Bupos has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com. Got it. Okay. And, and I do you, I, are you kind of a fan of this concept of, uh, content upgrades, which was like, I was talking to Said Balki about this in, in episode 81, who's the, uh, founder of, uh, WP Beginner, um, which he's grown that into, um, you know, a seven figure business. Um, and the, the, uh, the content upgrade example, I guess, is just basically rather than having one generic, lead magnet like download this thing and it's the same thing everywhere you go Um, there tend to be kind of more specific things depending on the type of blog post that maybe you're reading so you talked about the kickstarter example you know and having a kickstarter checklist if they're reading something about that topic but maybe if they're reading some other topic then you would have some other kind of lead magnet so is that basically what you do
1: Absolutely. I I believe in relevant content because there's nothing worse than getting people to read about Kickstarter and you're trying to promote as something completely irrelevant as part of your lead magnet in that blog. So it's all about relevancy, right? It has, if you're talking about certain topic, your call to action has to be relevant to what that topic is about. And that's how you get the best return on your investment of time and really from content writing perspective, as well as getting the most number of
0: leads to your email. Right. And and I think that you, 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 you really hit a really important point earlier, which, um, maybe I, I, I should have picked on before is that you don't have to spend a huge amount of time creating these lead magnets because you often think that, um, you know, like, like, for example, when we, we started the show, I talked about this productivity toolkit that I'd put together based on the answers that I've had from guests since, um, I've been doing this podcast, um, that turned into quite, um, quite a bit of work in terms of, you know, I hadn't been kind of keeping track of everything. So it was like, we had to kind of go back and, and go through each episode and, and kind of make a track of what people had said, doing the research, pulling it together, creating the document. But, Often, people will be just as happy with a one-page download if it's actually relevant and solves a problem, right? And I think that's what you are getting to as well. It's like it doesn't have to be some huge thing. It just has to be highly relevant and valuable.
1: I think that's exactly the point, because we have written some long ebooks on the overall digital sales machine, and they're getting downloads, but not as many as the simple social media sample action plan. And it's Excel form that they can download. That was a lot less work to produce than doing an ebook. So really think about, and if you're doing an ebook, think about how is it relevant to the topics that people are talking about. So that's a matter of listening to what is important to folks and how do you position it and what would they download and, and learning from your own experience. Because I know fairly um, well now what will be the next good thing for us to create from our previous experience. And so you can see that, and, and that's another way to really do it. You can test some of the um, some of your potential downloadability of the product by sending a couple of different tweets. Would people be interested if you sent a couple of tweets on productivity toolkit? What's the response rate to that? Um, it, it doesn't have to be yours. Think about if someone else has done it. Tweet about their. Uh, toolkit and see how many retweets you're going to get how many favorites you're going to get because you get some immediate response from social media on how likely people will be to engage with that and if Mm. you see good response then invest the time into doing that because that's a very good proxy of how people respond to things that you do
0: that's 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 a really good technique there yeah yeah it's 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 the it's the kind of the the lean startup mentality is right. It's just exactly, you know, you don't, don't, don't go and spend six months creating a lead magnet. I've done it. Don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> experiment. If it doesn't work, make mistakes quickly, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, great. So we've, um, we've got people onto the list. You talked about marketing automation. Um, when we get into the marketing automation, um, and, and I guess a couple of other tools I would call out um one is uh drip which uh is a product by rob walling uh who was a guest on this show uh, a while back and the other one which i've been um playing around with as well is active campaign i don't know if you're familiar with that one Um,
1: Not but i'll definitely check it out
0: yeah but i think they're all um essentially doing the same thing um and both in terms of having some kind of auto responder sequence but you probably want to go a little further than that right you want to be able to do things like tag people based on their interests and the kinds of things and what they're engaging with and then eventually start giving them more and more relevant content rather than the same auto responder sequence for everybody who happens to sign up on your list even though they may have very different needs um Uh, You know, it it can kind of become really uh, a bit pointless, you know, doing that, I think, right, in terms of uh, building one autoresponder sequence um, and then just loading that up and saying, "Okay, everybody who comes to my list, regardless of where they came from, you're all going to get the same thing.
1: Right. No, that's very important, especially as you're starting to grow. At the very beginning, if you have nobody on your list, just the first initial steps of creating auto sequencing is a huge huge progress for anyone who has not done it before. But as your list is starting to grow and you're getting more downloads and there are different lead magnet sources, there's a completely different um, sequencing of those events and the behavior. So it gets more complicated as you grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So what, what, you know, you, you've been very, you've been very kind of clear about at every step, you're doing something with a specific goal and so when we've got people on this email list and we are, uh, you know, having them kind of go through these these sequences, what is the goal? What are we trying to get them to do or to take away from, from being on this list?
1: Well, the goal is it's, it's a similar structure to what I think about social media is that you, you spend 90% of your time trying to earn the respect and the right to push the promotional information to people. So we spend about 90% of our newsletters adding value, sharing their new template, sharing some of the formulas of what we have learned in our marketing campaign, because we we write about things that we have tested and things that did or did not work. And then 10% of the time, that's where you invite people to either buy from you or to join an event that you're... Um, promoting or um, engage or promote something that you're launching. So an example would be if I had, if I launched a new book, I would invite people to download and share it with their audience. So it's that 10% of the time after you've earned the right um, from them to promote to them, that's where you would be putting calls to action uh, to your email list. And that's, that's an amazingly powerful opportunity if you did it right. And that's again, If you send your newsletter every week and there's nothing but the promotional materials in there, then you will probably not be getting good results from your list. Um, But if you send a weekly email and it's always new content and it's relevant to a specific segment of your list and they're learning something from you, then you will be forgiven and probably get a good response from people when you get them that one email every other month asking them to download or buy from you and then sometimes it's the subconscious decision because if you stay in top of mind um, with people then when the time is right when they figure it out that they need to um, hire somebody who is a consultant for specific software product if you talked about consistently of different problems people experience in that space and they uh come across the milestone for themselves to make that buy decision that they, you will, they will think of you. So you don't even have to be selling or promoting to them. It's that earning, um, earning the top of mind place with people that helps you to win that sales.
0: Yeah. And, and there's another observation that I wanted to share as well is that, um, you, you. Sh- Sometimes I think we have this tendency to want to hold back, right? In, in terms of, um, I'll, I'll, I'll provide value um, in my blog posts, my emails, all of those things, but maybe I should hold back the really, really good stuff because um, I, I want to maybe have that as some sort of paid offering for people. And from, from what I've seen, that usually ends up being a mistake right. and, and, you know, even just talking with you, we talked about Twitter before and you provided so much information and so many great insights and, and tips and strategies that people can use there. And then we're having a very similar conversation now about sort of the next steps in content marketing and. And, you know, I've got pages of notes while we're talking, but I can okay. easily see people getting to a point where they're just like, Maria, just, just do it for me.
1: <laughs> right? Right.
0: So, so I think that's, that's a, a really good, good, um, uh, lesson there is don't, don't kind of hold back, um, share, you know, genuinely help, um, and, I think eventually it pays off. Exactly. Well, how do you use your email list to eventually land a consulting client? How, how does that process work at the last
1: 10%? So for us, we do speaking engagements. We do free seminars and webinars. And we do a lot of the interaction with people for free so they can come and get to know us. Um, And that's why we would use it because we do a lot of speaking engagements uh, both in person and we do them digitally, virtually because our customers are in the UK and Australia as well as all of North America. So we spend a lot of our time online. And so we introduce people, give them an opportunity to come and experience spending time with us. And then uh, if we do our own webinar, we offer about we offer 15 minute follow up call for people where they can call and talk to us for free. And that's where we can make a decision whether it's right for them or whether it's right for us, because not every consulting client is a good fit for us, too. And that's one of the things we have learned over time is that sometimes you have to say no to something that seems amazingly promising, but it's just not the right fit. Because at the end of the day, if we don't listen to our gut and we go with the client that's not the best match for what we have to offer, at the end of the day, it's not going to be um, the most exciting relationship for both parties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. And I I love this um um the the way you sort of talk about leading people through um sort of like these micro commitments and getting to know you better um as opposed to just expecting to be able to send one email at some point and it turning it into a sale or a client.
1: Right. right. That's,
0: that's probably a very oversimplified view of, of how things work. And that's why I think it's, it's, it's just, uh, um, uh, I'm definitely going to go and take a look at that book because you're so right. I mean, the, maybe the, as you said, the way we do business has changed so much and so much of it is online and remotely now, but it still comes down to human psychology.
1: Exactly.
0: And the more time we spend understanding that the better. Okay. Um, Let's, uh, we, we've been talking for a long time. It's just like, I know I've taken up a huge amount of your time that was, was unscheduled. So I really appreciate that. Um, so
1: stations and my pleasure. That's
0: good. So let's, uh, let's wrap up. Let's get to the lightning round. Um, let's see if you can make it through there. Um, and then we should uh, wrap up on this. So, okay. So what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received?
1: It's the small ideas and big ideas will take exact amount of time, but the outcome will be vastly different. It's something that one of my old mentors mentioned to me, and that's so right. It's just don't work on small things. Think big and invest your time in that.
0: Okay. What other book would you recommend to our audience and why?
1: <laughs> I, I'm, for any founder who's just starting to build their company, I Feel Good to Great is an amazing book by Jim Collins. It talks about combining your passion with profitability and your skill. I really love that hedgehog concept that he, um, Jim Collins is talking about. I think, the, I think the Stockdale paradox is just absolutely brilliant. And it's about um, the fact that you have to uh, face the brutal reality of your business while not losing faith in the fact that you will succeed. And the last quote from there, it's just really thinking about you have to get the right people on the bus and get the wrong people off the bus for you to succeed. That's, to me, the most important thing in that we live by. You don't have the right team. It doesn't matter how good your idea is.
0: Yeah, that's a great book. Um, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur?
1: I think it's an adaptability. Because if you might be the most brilliant engineer, but if you're sitting in the cave and if you're coding but not listening or adapting your idea to real customers then it doesn't matter how brilliant your code is. It's just not following the needs of the market or not following the needs of your customers. So it's it's very important to listen and to adapt.
0: What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Uh, we talked about Hootsuite a lot. I also like Flipboard. So it's a magazine-like representation of all the different sources of information that I can consume. So I, I constantly have Flipboard on my um, my phone and my iPad, and I can just flip through a lot of information. I can keep up with, with what's going on and helps with connecting with people. So if something important or interesting happening, I can respond to it real time.
0: What's a, a new business idea that you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time?
1: Uh, we're actually working on automating some of the best practices from the social media lead generation work that we have done. Because I, I, I love what we do, but a lot of things we do has to be uh, very manual. Because there's, I have not found a perfect tool for us. So it's our idea is at some at one point we will create that perfect tool for automating a lot of that social media interaction.
0: Very cool, um, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know?
1: Um, well, lots of people of your listeners probably don't know. I grew up in Russia, and I did not speak any English until I was twenty years old. so
0: you are kidding me.
1: I am not kidding you. Wow,
0: I would never have guessed.:
1: Oh, thank you because <laughs> you,
0: because you're only twenty five, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish really <laughs>
0: um, And finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work?
1: You know I have two little kiddos and it's a, I'm I'm experiencing the world with them. Right now it's 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 fun for me to um have kids in a different culture because I grew up in Russia and so to me the world of being a child in Russia is completely different than being a child here. So we're learning a lot of different things discovering we're very outdoorsy and learning about sports and learning about being outdoors and spending time with my kids and they're very entrepreneurial. They're 6 and 4 and they're already talking about opening their business and selling lemonade and doing discounts. So really spending time with them is my passion.
0: Um, You have shared some incredible advice um, that I think will be really useful to a lot of people, um, both in terms of how to go and really use Twitter in a meaningful way to to not only get clients, but to really learn about what people want and use that information to build a better product, to create better content. And then for the last half an hour or so more, we've talked about these great strategies for um, getting people onto your site, building an email list, and then eventually, um, you know, nurturing those, those um those leads into customers and clients. So this has been incredibly valuable. I I really appreciate your generosity and taking the time to share all this information with our audience. Um, now if people want to find out more uh, about trade digital, um, or they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, well, first of all, Omar, um, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and learning more about what you do and just having conversation. I love this stuff. I, um, in terms of getting a hold of me, I spend a lot of time in social media. So Twitter and LinkedIn are the best ways of getting uh, to get a hold of me. So on Twitter, I'm at Trey Digital. And on LinkedIn, I am at Maria Dykstra. So it's very simple. If you know my name or the name of the company, you can look me up. And I really enjoy connecting with people on social. So I hope to get to know some of your listeners.
0: Maria, thanks again. It's been a pleasure and uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you.
1: Likewise. Thank you, Omer. Have a fantastic weekend.
0: You too. Bye. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next venture. Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team? JotForm Tables is a solution you've been looking for. JotForm Tables combines the power of a spreadsheet with the flexibility of a database. You can collect your data through customizable online forms and JotForm Tables automatically organizes and stores all the data submitted through your JotForm forms. You can also import and export files and collaborate with your team effortlessly. All changes are synced in real time, so everyone is always on the same page. But JotForm Tables is more than just a spreadsheet alternative. With conditional formatting, data visualization, and more than 250 integrations, it's a complete productivity platform for your team. You can even automate tasks and workflows to save time. Ready to centralize your data, boost your team's efficiency, and take your productivity to new heights? Sign up for free at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? sastoolkit.com.